This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, today we'll talk with broadcast journalist Howard Ballew. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about the, his life in journalism for over 30 years and his mother, Maud Ballew, who was Dr. Martin Luther King's first secretary. Also, Michelle and I will chat about the latest headlines and the water cooler conversations. Hey, to be part of the show, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email marshall at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, on this absolutely sunny and hot, warm day. No, it's actually quite cold and drizzly out there. But you know what? It's a lot warmer since you are listening, and thank you for being part of the show. Look, we got a good show for you set up today. Thank you for being here. Uh, I t- our first guest is going to be a guy I've known for a long time just because well, it's the media business and it's a small place, this Mississippi that we live in. Actually, it's not even a state. It's a club because basically everybody knows everybody. But Howard Ballou is going to be on. And if you're in the central Mississippi area, you are familiar with Howard. He's been the longtime anchor at WLBT Television. Uh, 30-year career in, in journalism, incredible career in TV. Uh, but Howard also... Well, he's got a pretty cool mama, too, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about her. Her name's Maud. Um, she was Dr. Martin Luther King's first secretary, and just really, I didn't even know that, to be honest with you, until one day I did a uh, drawing. Uh, Rose when Rosa Parks died, and Howard called me up and said, hey, can my mom have the cartoon? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess my mom might like it, too. But then he said, well, she was, like, really close friends with Rosa Parks, and I was, like, thinking, okay, then she can have the cartoon. And so, lo and behold, I did give it to her. Uh, because, hey, that was the least I can do. So I'm really excited to talk to him. He'll be on by phone, you know, because Howard, he's a busy guy. He, he's doing all these incredible things. He's probably out chasing some story somewhere, knowing Howard. He is. <laughs> yeah, and, and we got a couple other guests, too. Yeah. Dr. Brenda Willis is going to be here, and she's got a great lecture called Why We Call It Soul Food. Um, great soul food this so, morning. You know, I'll tell you what, I would, I would, could, I would could use some soul food right now. I could use some warm food. You know, they talk about soul food and how it's not just for, it's just not to eat. It's, it's really, good for the it soul. Helps, exactly. That's hence the name. Well, it's, it's kind of like, um, it was the origin of comfort food. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, kind of like the blues. And yeah, then it brings way. people together and things like that well, and how it was made. About, exactly. Because mm-hmm. food is like, a, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It keeps us alive, mm-hmm. but it also keeps us alive, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Because it brings everybody, the family together and so exactly. forth. So it's really important. Exactly. And uh, our friend Katie Eubanks is going to squeeze in at the end of the show. Yeah. They have another storytellers event, which is pretty cool. Yes. If you get a good chance to go to one, I've been to several of them. They're fun. It's just average everyday people getting up and telling their stories. And this 
this one has got a Valentine's Day theme. It's about romance. Oh, that's going to be nice. Well, and you know why? Why? Because in a couple of days it's Valentine's Day, folks. <laughs> really? A public service announcement on the Procrastinators Club of America Jackson chapter. Um, if you haven't gotten your gift yet, you're going to be ending up getting a card of Homer Simpson speaking Spanish. So, because it is pretty picked over toward the last day. Don't ask me how I know that, uh, because I have experience. See, look at that. See, I now, told- and if your wife says, by, oh, by the way, not to, sorry to interrupt. If your wife says, I don't want anything for Valentine's Day, it's, oh, a, it's a trap. Yes, please don't believe that. It's a trap. And then, you know what? I, I tell people this weekend, Valentine's Day, yes, it is a holiday, and we like to celebrate love on that day. I like to show my daughter, uh, I give her a little basket or something. She looks She for needs it. some Tamiflu yeah, this year. Yeah, she has that. She yeah. has Tamiflu and antibiotics. But uh, I like to show her something special, you know, show her that I love her. It's bigger on Valentine's Day. But um, I was telling guys this weekend, don't wait till the last minute. If your wife, like you said, if your wife says, I don't need anything, you can show me, you show me you love me every day. She does not mean it. Some flowers right. surprised at her office. That that means the world to us. Yeah, I'm telling I, you. I've got to think about what I'm going to do. I mean, I think I have, a, I have a plan. Oh, yeah, if I did anything, that'd probably surprise her. <laughs> the bar's pretty low with me. Stop. Oh, I know. I'm just a terrible husband. I'd be the first to admit that. No, so. you're not. That's no, great. Um, <laughs> uh, go back to the flu thing. And, yeah. of course, um, Jordan has got the flu. Yes. Like about everybody on the planet right now. Well, but- how about this? I was this close to self-medicating my child, and my mom called me, and she says, Oh, I did check her. Um, she had a fever, and then it went down. I gave her some acetaminophen, and it went down. That's Checked what it happened. again that mm-hmm. next morning, and it was back up. Yeah. I was like, okay, red flag. So we went to uh, one of the local clinics here, and um, and I felt like the worst mom ever. If I was going to go to the drugstore and give her some more over-the-counter medicine, and she actually had the flu. So, Well, and, and I'm I'll like, be really God. honest with you. That's not you being a bad mother because normally with the flu, yeah, you just give them some Tylenol mm-hmm. or some, some ibuprofen NyQuil. or something. Uh-huh. And, you know, you knock that fever down, and then you just kind of plow through four or five days of being miserable. But this strain, there's two strains that are out there. One, there's the, the, the um, how type... Is it type B? Anyway, but the one that's getting everybody is H3N2. Mm-hmm. That's the Australian flu. It's this really particular, and they had it in the actual flu shot, but apparently the actual virus kind of evolved a little bit while they were making the flu shot. Oh my. So the flu shot is not totally effective. It, it's like 30%, something mm. like that. But in my thinking, 30% is better than zero. Right. So I went ahead and got the shot. And so far, knock on wood, although I don't feel particularly great today, uh, I've avoided it. But it has been knocking healthy people down. Yeah. I mean, I've, I know people that are very healthy that are on ventilators. And it's scary right My now. Goodness. So, you know, the thing is we can be really scared or yeah. we can wash our hands and right. take normal precautions. But it's kind of hard for you because you're, you're having to be a mom. I have to give her. I gave her a medicine. She has to take it twice a day. And she normally she needs to take it with food. So I cook yeah. something, uh, something small, go in there and give her some juice. And I'm in her room. And my friend was like, are you spraying her room with Lysol? Are you? I'm like, I wash my hands. But now my throat is sore. My chest is hurting. And I'm so glad there's a piece of glass between <laughs> us. And I'm trying to just make it through this uh sh- this morning <clears throat> but i'm like i know good and well i did not get this i know i didn't get this but the thing is you know when you get like a respiratory infection or a cold yeah. or something like that you feel oh, okay if it's the flu it's like some uh, aching uh, it's what, totally different and it's like a truck hitting you exactly it doesn't doesn't just come on slowly i, mean, I wouldn't be able hard. to get out the bed this morning that's right. what i know so me walking around and you know being able to actually still do what i need to do i'm gonna go get some uh their flu when i leave here yeah. and 
self-medicate myself and she'll take her medicine. She'll be fine by Wednesday, he said. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, she should be I've been fine. doing the vitamin C big time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, all the, the basic home remedies, a little bit of apple cider vinegar and some water, been trying to drink lots of juices, stay hydrated. But, you know, it's... Um, I can't take four or five days off. I just can't do that. That's what I'm saying. And then her teachers, I texted her teachers this morning, and they were like, well, we'll give you Jordan's work. And I'm like, she's missing school. She was out Friday, and she's yeah. going to be out till Wednesday. I was like, oh, my goodness. But, but you know what? I mean, don't be a hero or don't be a, a martyr. If you've got the flu, stay home yeah because your co-workers really don't need it they don't need it now i'm not talking i'm not talking to you per no se. you should see look our director, i only work with you once a week our so director you. is walking around like the uh a flu patrol um saying go home go yeah. home go in the studio c it's funny though but that's what you know we we're very close around here we don't need anyone you know everyone getting sick but i i just have been amazed at how many people have got and it's mm-hmm. been going on because it started last summer because i remember down in hattiesburg there was a big flu outbreak toward the end of the summer which mm-hmm. is really early and this thing has just been going and going and going. But we're seeing a lot of reports in the news of, you know, kids dying. and Because and, normally, yeah. you know, really young or really old. But this has kind of been getting people in the middle. And that's that's very worrisome. That is, that, that is, so, that is. Uh, I, this is not Southern Remedy. I am not a doctor. But, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, of course, obviously, like everybody, I want to keep everybody in my house healthy. So yes. you've been watching the Olympics? A little bit. I I've watched been, a little bit of it. Uh, um, you know, I mean. Most, I like the ice skating, my favorite. Really? Did you yes. see the triple axel? I did not see the triple. I've been nursing a sick baby, so. <laughs> well, you, you can do that and watch a little TV bit, at the same but time. But I was actually, actually had the TV on, but I wasn't just watching it. I yeah. was doing other things, so I did not catch it. But I can actually TiVo it, or I can go back and look at it, right? I said yeah. that, um, you know, the thing, I would relate more to the Olympics if they had a, a, an event where you ride a stolen lunch tray down a small hill through slush, because that's what most Southerners can understand. You know, that's, that's But most of those events are kind of like, how did they ever do it in the first place? Wow. And you got to figure that the phrase, here, hold my beer, was somehow part of it, because there is no way that anybody would do half of those things. It is kind of dangerous, but, you know, you they, 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 they're skillful, they practice, and it's, it's, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's the fun thing. And, you know, it's a little bit exotic. Now, you had North Korea and South Korea getting everything together. And by, you saw in the media where somebody said, ooh, look how North Korea. It's like, they're killers. You know, I'm not a big North Korea fan. But I guess it's good that they got together. Yay, the peace of the Olympics and all that good stuff. Right. But, um, you know, of course, I'm a big USA today. But USA kind of guy. Remember the – I don't know if you remember the 1980 Olympics when I, the when the hockey team beat the Russians. Yeah, because yeah, you're you're a few years behind me, so I don't know if you <laughs> remember it or not. But uh, that I remember when we beat the Russians, I ran out of the house and yet ran out to the cul-de-sac, going waving my little flag. Gosh, I was like 12 years old. <laughs> you know, it was so cool. And now I've never played a minute of hockey in my life. I don't even understand hockey. But it was the coolest thing because the United States beat the Soviet Union, yeah. which that was really neat. So, I mean, you can get some great moments out of it, so it's fun to watch. I do like the way that sports bring brings countries together, brings yeah. people together. So, you know, we might be divided in other ways, but when it comes to America and sports and things like that, we come together and we rally, you know, together for America. And I love to celebrate the athletes, too, yeah. because you, you think about all the hard work that they've put into it. You know, have you ever watched the skaters, for instance, when they're <laughs> out there skating and going round, 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 one of them falls down mm. do they sit on the ice and feel sorry for themselves no they, get no, back they up. pop back up and they continue the routine and i think that's something that we all can learn from right there's simone um Biles story yeah on lifetime is a good story on uh, lifetime uh-huh it's a good you can uh, make me watch lifetime <laughs> 
you would want to watch this one. Uh, okay. Just goes into her life. She was uh, adopted and things like that. Her mm-hmm. family pushed her, and you know she went for the gold. And look at her today. today. So you just not knowing what people went through in their lives to get where they are. It's amazing to watch it. Why? Well, that's a thing because I mean, you're walking down the street. Look to your left. Look to the right. Everybody's going through something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Olympics is pretty cool. I'm it to, is. What else was big on the weekend? I was trying to think. Uh, oh, weekend, well, something happened. Uh, it was the weekend. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I checked the Farmer's Almanac and it told me to take a nap yesterday. And guess what I did? You took a nap. I took a nap. So there you wow. go. That's scintillating radio if there ever was. Right there. So, <laughs> but it's 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 all going good. Now the Olympics is the big story, and that's yeah. been a lot of fun to watch and a lot of stuff going on politically. But hey, just look at my car tunes for that. Yeah, so we're going to take a break and yeah. come back with... Uh, We've got Howard Ballou's yes, coming in, Dr. Yes. Brenda Willis after him, and then Katie Eubanks is going to jump in at the very end. So we have got a great show lined up for you, so stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. hope you're staying warm out there. It's really kind of cold and drizzly, but you know what? This show's always... 74 degrees and sunny. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of it. And, of course, anytime you want to be part of it, you can give me a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, look, if you ever have a question for a guest or if you have a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Just chime in. That's what we're here for. Um, Look, I'm not in the business of really bragging about my kids much because my kids hate it, so I don't do it too often. But I just wanted to uh, throw this out there because I know he's not listening, but I just want to say congratulations to my oldest son. Um, He's gotten some scholarships, and that's great. It looks like his college is going to be paid for, so I'm pretty proud of that. But he got his Eagle Scout over the weekend, so that was pretty darn cool, and I'm proud of him. I um, managed to get the the upper rank of Tenderfoot, so to have a son who is an Eagle Scout is a huge thing for me, too, and I'm really proud of him. So anyone want to throw that out there, too. Another guy that I'm incredibly proud of, and I'm proud of him. I I like him. I've always admired him. Um, He's just, if I could just have his voice, it would be the greatest thing in the world. Howard Ballou has been a longtime journalist, and particularly WLBT here in the the Jackson area, but uh, has had a very distinguished career and one of many awards and honors, and I'm very honored to have him on the show today. He can't be in the studio because he's out on double-secret assignment. He may be somewhere in North Korea right now. I don't know. But, Howard, thanks for calling in. Oh, the honor's all mine. I'm so uh, uh, happy and proud to be able to call Marshall the great Marshall Ramsey a friend. And uh, 
thankful that you uh, thought enough of me to have me on your show. Well, is there any truth that you are in a double secret location on assignment, maybe in North Korea somewhere? Deep in Rankin County, absolutely. Deep in Rankin <laughs> County, yes. Okay, well, that's definitely much different than North Korea. But anyway, thanks for being on. Hey, congrats, and congratulations to your son, by the way. That's yeah, funny. wasn't that cool? I, I'm just, yeah. I'm very proud of him on that for many different reasons. But, um, he, you know, you always want your kid to outdo you. And you know Absolutely. that with you know that with your kids. I mean, you know, Absolutely. you just want them to do better, and and he so far is doing really well at that. So, um, that, how you how long have you been here in Jackson? Because I know you were here, and then you took you went to Dallas, and then you came back, right? Yeah, I wanted to to fulfill my uh, top ten or network dreams, and uh, did so in in Dallas, which was uh, I think market number seven at the time. So that was uh, a fun thing. Plus, I got a chance to be around my. Uh, my uh, favorite team, the Cowboys, <laughs> and uh, it, it was a great experience. So all together, I spent there about two years and then came back to Mississippi uh, at the urging of uh, one Mr. Frank Melton, and uh, we it had a choice of, of three different markets all across the country, and Mississippi was, was home, so I came back home, you know, after having been here for five years. You know, yeah, Frank and, Melton, uh, yeah, Frank Melton touched our lives all in many different ways, didn't he? together it's probably about 30 33 years uh coming up on 34 years if you combine those brief two in uh, dallas there but uh love mississippi well let me let me ask this howard because i mean when i was a kid when i was eight i had a pretty good idea i wanted to be an editorial cartoonist which was incredibly weird at what point <laughs> did you what point did you turn on the tv and say oh, there's walter cronkite i'm gonna be walter cronkite well that's that's the inspiration right there i was a huge walter cronkite fan, uh, fan and uh you know, uh, while I guess other kids were out uh, playing, I was uh, uh, watching Walter Cronkite and, uh, you know, amazed at some of the things he got to do as a, uh, a broadcast journalist, uh, you know, flying in uh, aircraft uh, at mock speeds and telling the experience. And, of course, uh, his uh, uh, most memorable uh, reporting of the assassination President Kennedy and just so many reports that he did. You know, he was the most trusted man in America at the time, and um, there, there was a good reason why. Uh, he he was you know a top shelf, top notch journalist. Uh, to this day, people uh, still remember his reporting. So I don't know that that was a huge influence. Well, you grew up in the middle of the news too, I and mean, you, you're from Asheville originally, correct? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, that's where you – okay. Yeah, I was born in Montgomery. Okay. I went to school in Nashville, but uh, I was born in Montgomery, and we uh, grew up in uh, the east coast of uh, North Carolina, a little town called Elizabeth City. Okay, okay. I, for some reason, didn't – I should have known that, but I should have figured out Montgomery just because of your mom's role in the civil rights movement, and which that, – that's, you know, that's a whole side I never knew about you until Rosa Parks died. And you yeah. asked me for the cartoon. I was like, well, yeah, why would your mom want it? And you told me. So tell us yeah. a little bit about your mom because she's a pretty incredible lady. Well, thank you so much for, for saying that. Um, she uh, is an incredible lady, and, and we love her to death. Uh, she was in the radio business, uh, actually, in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, she had a business degree and uh, was a, a very uh, uh, driven woman, and uh, her husband, my dad, uh, and Dr. King were uh, fraternity brothers and good friends. And um, 
they, uh, uh, my dad, uh, helped uh, Mrs. King with her singing career. She wanted to be an opera singer, and my dad was a music professor at um, Alabama State University, so he would would help her. And when Dr. King was called upon to do something about the uh, the indignity and the you know the, the horrible treatment of African Americans in Montgomery and established the uh, Montgomery Improvement Association. He called on uh, Mother several times to uh, uh, help him get that started because of her organizing skills and um, because of her uh, business skills. And she was already a member of uh, African American Women's Organization, uh, Women's Rights, you know, uh, organization. And so after several attempts and requests for her assistance, she relented and uh, decided to start uh, helping him put this together, which eventually uh, led to the uh, Montgomery bus boycott. And of course, you know that history. And um, it was, uh, we, they were just always good friends of the family. It was never a situation where, you know, he was some famous guy. You got to, got to remember they were all 20 somethings back then and uh, doing some, in reflection, some absolutely amazing things for our country, for our entire nation. And so we would have these, this family, you know, get-togethers uh, all the time with uh, Dr. and Mrs. King and uh, Maud Leonard Ballou and, and children. And uh, eventually we learn, you know, we, we reflect on it now and realize uh, who these guys were, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what's so amazing about it, because it's just like, now, I, I can't, you're a little bit older than me, and I'm trying to think about the math a little bit. Do you remember many much of that time? Well, I was pretty much a toddler, but I yeah. do remember some of it. Um, I remember the visits, and um, one thing that does stick out in my mind was the explosion one night. Um, one of our neighbor's uh, house was bombed by the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. And uh, that was Dr. Ralph Abernathy. He lived yeah. around the corner from us. Um, so that's something that's very memorable. Uh, and that mom ran upstairs and comforted us. And I think my oldest sister uh, remarked, are the Russians coming? And um, she said, no, no, no. Some bad people did some bad things uh, to uh, the Abernathy family but they're safe and everything's okay and that part kind of sticks out that's that's amazing how i mean you're sitting there talking about stuff that you know we grew up reading in textbooks uh just like it was like part of your normal everyday existence that's what's so amazing about this story well i guess to my parents credit they tried to uh, have us have as normal a, uh, you know upbringing as possible but i think they tried to shield us from a lot of the ugliness that was going on you know we went to lab school and uh, you know um, tried to enjoy the things that kids enjoy during that time yeah uh, while all that stuff was going on well I, uh, but they you, also taught us to appreciate you know what was going on right definitely and of course it also makes you appreciate all the sac- all the freedoms that came from the sacrifices too because you were there firsthand you you understand what your mom went through and I remember when Rosa Parks died, you said, hey, can she have the cartoon? And I was like, why would she want it? And then you said, oh, well, she was very good friends with Rosa Parks. Okay, there you go. Here, here's the cartoon. <laughs> Didn't think anything about it. And I know that must have been really 
um, painful for you and for her when uh, the King family got in the middle of the lawsuit with her about some papers that had been given to her. And I know that had to be just a tough thing for y'all to go through. Yeah, it was not one of the uh, uh, most memorable or, you know, it was we was done. Uh, Mom was was uh, very upset by it. And uh, but justice prevailed. Yeah. uh, You know, we're we're fine. We still have the uh, letter from uh, Rosa Parks to my mother. And uh, that's that's something I cherish. And it's not like it's worth a whole lot of money, but it's it's just something that's uh, in her penmanship. You know, uh, going over some things with with mom, apologizing that she hadn't gotten back in touch sooner, that, that type thing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we had that locked away in a in a vault. But no, I I, um, I was extremely disappointed uh, by that action. Uh, but again, you know, justice prevailed. Yeah, uh, we, we moved on. Where do you, where do where do y'all keep those papers now? Because I mean, like you said, it's not really even about the money about it. It's just because they are such important pieces of history. Yeah, they, they're uh, they're in a, a bank vault, and um, we did have to liquidate some. Uh, the the uh, legal expenses were yeah pretty hefty. So. Yeah, and I mean that's understandable, and I know that's tough. But I mean it's good to know that they'll be there. And well, I mean, what are your long term plans? I, I could imagine them ending up in a museum someday. Yeah, we we have displayed them at. Uh, Alabama State University, that was upon uh, mom's request. You know, that's where mom and dad, uh, early on, uh, where the whole movement started, actually. That, that part of the movement started in Montgomery, Alabama, Alabama State University. So there is a there is a display on video. Uh, I think they recorded most of it. I think it was about two or three years ago we were there, and um, it was just a fantastic uh, exhibit that they uh, uh, built with our artifacts, and so I had a chance to speak to some of the students, uh, and it was followed up with a uh, forum that evening, and then some of the uh, 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 adults who actually lived through it. I kind of felt out of place. I, I explained to the crowd, "Hey, look, guys, I was just a topper back then." <laughs> so, uh, but they they chuckled and uh, they they wanted to hear everything. We had some people from. Uh, That's very cool. That's very cool. Well, I mean, you know, you and I are in a, in a very wild and crazy and changing business, one that changes up every 15 minutes. Of course, you're you're doing quite well now. What do you what do you kind of see your future as? I mean, where do you where do you see? Yeah, you because know, I know you're going to probably stay on TV as long as you can. But what what do you think's after that? You know, Marshall, <laughs> I don't know. I, I um, hope to always have a hand in some capacity in journalism. Uh, so I'll continue that. Um, I'm, I've been jotting down things over the years and hopefully we'll come up with some sort of a book about the experience, the lawsuit, the uh, mom and dad and that type thing. And um, I don't know. Uh, probably there will be a lot of uh, bass fishing involved. <laughs> probably some Dallas Cowboys, too, if I know you well enough. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, because I, I mean, I always love your Facebook feed. You're either out on the water or you're you're cheering for the Cowboys. Those are two big yeah. things in your life. Really important on that. Um, 
You know, it's you know, you think about what your mom went through and you think about that time and I know you and I are like I said we're not that far apart in age and you've always wondered what would we do if we were put in that same similar situation. Yeah, that's that's uh, something to ponder. Um those were some um, very trying times for the United States of America and um we always managed to, you know, as Americans uh rise above and uh, that's what we did and I hope we will never forget those times right continue on uh, uh, as Americans but I mean as a journalist don't you feel like that's a big party charge not you know just to make sure that people have the honest truth so they can make good decisions absolutely absolutely that's what's so uh, very impressive about our new uh, Mississippi uh, Museum of Civil Rights uh, it's it's unflinching truth about what went on and it was well done I, I really urge uh, all Mississippians, everyone actually, uh, to uh, visit those museums. I, I, I agree with you. It's we are so blessed that we that we not only have it in our state, but that they did as good a job as they did. L- let me ask you this: I ask about how your mom is because I know she's had some health issues and so forth. How's she doing? Um, she's well, not, not as well as a ninety-two-year-old can do. Now that's. Well, that's pretty darn good. 92 is impressive, but she's had an incredible life and, of course, gave us a pretty incredible son, too. Howard, thank you for taking a little bit of time out with us and joining us today. You are so kind to say that, and, and Marshall, keep up your excellence. You, you do a wonderful job, and I look forward to your uh, cartoons uh, every time you put them out, and uh, I hope you don't mind that I share them a lot, too. Hey, man, that's what they're there for. I'm, I'm, I'm always honored when you do. Howard, it's good talking uh-huh. to you good talking to you too my friend all right coming up next we're gonna have dr brenda willis and she is going to tell us why we call it soul food stay tuned you're gonna love this this is now you're talking on mpv think radio an evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered join me meredith michelle with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great day. And, of course, you're listening to this show, and so I'm having a great day. Thank you so much for being part of it. Uh, of course, if you want to give us a call at any time, it's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, it's your show, too. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, you can email me at any time at marshall at mpbonline.org. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Marshall Ramsey, or you can find me on Facebook at Marshall Ramsey or Instagram Marshall Ramsey, you get the drift. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, I want to thank Howard Ballou for being on with us, too. And uh, what a great story. That was pretty uh, – I just – I learned stuff I didn't even know. That's one one thing I love about this show. I uh, got – I could say a friend through through the blood drive is on with us, but also, too, Dr. Brenda Willis. As long as she's been – she's a writer. She's um, – a lecture, just all around good person, and I appreciate you being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. Because you're like a pro at this by now. Well, it, it's gotten better when I doing the public speaking. I've been a, a toastmaster for several years, yeah. and so I've gotten accustomed to being able to do it. And I do PR for a couple of blues singers, and so now that's got to be fun because those guys got straight great stories. Oh yes, yes, I've uh, done uh, PR for Grady Champion for oh, yeah. years. And as of two years ago, I picked up Muddy Waters' great nephew, Keith Johnson. Yeah. He's the 
Prince of the Delta Blues. Uh-huh. He's a young 24-year-old blues singer, traditional blues singer. Wow. That's he's really cool. He's uh great nephew, and so he has the genes and the chops. Yeah, so he really does, huh? Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. He's uh, going to be going to D.C. Uh, actually for Valentine's Day with the uh, National Park uh, areas. He's going to play for the uh, Heart and Soul Breakfast. Uh, Representative wow. Charles Dent is being honored, and they've asked him to come in and play. And then in March, he's going to be going for about 23 days on a tour to France, Germany, and Switzerland. That's like the mother load. I mean, you go over there. I oh, mean, that's, that's the, the Europeans are just wild about the blues. That's the Mecca. Yeah, and, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they appreciate it so much. And we've had a good uh, run with, you know, African-American musicians being able to go to Europe. Yeah. Uh, if you're familiar, of course, you know, with Cadillac Records and Willie Dixon and mm-hmm. that story, that just kind of personifies everything that has happened uh, with the blues, especially Mississippi blues musicians yeah. traveling to Europe and getting the international recognition that makes people then appreciate them more when they come back they home. They come back home. I know, isn't that amazing? I mean, yeah. you you got to go halfway around the world before people <laughs> love you here but i mean you go to any museum in the delta and mm-hmm. look at their guest book and it's germany france mm-hmm. england it's oh, just yes. one name after another it's amazing how many people come through the state just mm-hmm. to come and get a piece of what we take for granted well mississippi is the you know is the the ground zero for everything blues uh we have had so many musicians to come from mississippi and the delta in particular yeah. so uh, that's kind of why uh they know where the the music was created i'm just impressed you can keep up with grady's energy Grady Champion is like, he's like Ricochet Rabbit. I mean, he bounces around everywhere. He's so much fun. He does, but I've enjoyed working for Grady. Actually, I worked for Grady for two years, almost three years, before I was ever on his payroll. When I moved here from Atlanta, uh, I saw him and I said, hmm, that guy has what it takes. I was married to Chick Willis, the blues singer. Oh, yeah. And I managed his career in the latter years, and so... I knew the business side of things, and I was just getting into public speaking and writing at yeah. that point. And then, of course, I got hooked up with the Jackson Advocate newspaper, and that just kind of gave me a platform to do some other things. And that's um, where I am today. Well, I tell you what, the first time you see something you've written in print, oh, it that's is. pretty cool. Well, that's how it happened, actually, yeah. with Alice Tisdale. I met her walking on the track at Provine when I first moved here and she told me she published The Advocate and my first cousin Sharon Weston Broom mm-hmm. who is now the mayor of Baton Rouge we went to her swearing in as a state representative and when I came back I said well I need to write that for the black newspaper and I had just met Alice and so I wrote it she published it and that Friday she called that Thursday when the paper comes out she called me and she says did you see your byline and I was like yeah yeah and then so she said okay and we hung up Friday morning she calls back and she says now what do you have for next week and I said I'm not a writer and she says, <laughs> <You're> as, <now. laughs> she says as of yesterday you're a published writer exactly and so she says then well what do you know a lot about and I said well I know the blues pretty well yeah <laughs> so you lived kinda, it you've lived it mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. you know you, you always think about the young guys like Grady and, and you, you 
you're talking about you're being 24 years old and you didn't exactly it's not like you know bb and all those guys that that grew up in the middle of of really rough times in the mm-hmm. you know in the 40s 50s and 60s well, but the young guys seem to really get it and they well this guy is from glen allen mississippi yeah. and if you've ever gone to glen allen it's not too far removed that's true from, yeah from uh, 19s yeah, time right. and, and muddy waters time glen allen is still back in uh, as quote unquote the dark ages yeah. in a lot of the uh, in a lot of ways and so he's had that experience you know when you grow up in a community where your house is surrounded by cotton yeah. there are all sorts of pesticides and things like yeah. that that you have to deal with as a family and of course uh he grew up in a town where there weren't very many opportunities and for him to be given a gift of music yeah. as he was, he utilized that too. And that's basically what Muddy and all the other that's guys right. did. They used what they had to get themselves out of the situation that they were in, in the Delta. And a lot of the places in the Delta, you know, when we write about the Delta, it's always romanticized. But when I go to the Delta, I see a completely different picture. Right. You know, I'm not seeing the the fog drifting over the fields how it's you know portrayed right. in books and other things. You see the human I, side I see of it. The human side yeah. of things because when you look at a, a plantation owner that has ten thousand acres, and then you see a little shack sitting on the side of that, and you'll say, "Hmm." Now they don't even own the little spot that they're in, and that's when you look at well. It seems like there would have been some kind of reparations from a a farmer who has 10,000 acres. Why not at least give that family who has grown up working that farm all these years, give them two acres at least that they could call their own out of 10,000. But that that doesn't happen. It never really happened. I know. I always think about B.B. King sitting in that shack in the dark. You know, mm-hmm. plucking on, on Lucille, learning mm-hmm. how to play or whatever guitar it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's probably thinking, this is going to get me to Memphis. Mm-hmm. And then it got him to the world. It got him to the world. Got him to the world. I know you talk about Grady. I'll just go back, bounce back because we got we got a lot to talk about on the soul food side, too. Grady, you know, he went down to Miami and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was doing uh, was rap, rap, singer. rap singer and everything <laughs> else. And then somehow the blues found him. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, I, I need to come back home. And right. then he came back home and then went up to Chicago, and, you know, mm-hmm. was crowned you know, the champion. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, it's just, of course he had like, oh, we'll go at 21 brothers and sisters or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember yeah. that him talking about that. I was well, like, his wow. father was married more than one right. time. So he had different uh, families, Yeah, but the combined, I think Grady is number 28 in the line yeah. of children, but it wasn't all with one family. It was different for families. the sake of the mother. Um, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Cause 28, having 28 kids would be enough to wear you out. I would think. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Well, I come from I mean, a family of 16 from 16. Uh-huh. Wow. My, Mother had fourteen children, and we adopted two nephews. Were you on the? Were you one of the older kids or one of the younger kids? I'm on the younger side. So they were basically your brothers and sisters were taking care of you by that point. Oh, yes, That's yeah, because I've, yeah, I've got friends that a friend in high school who had fifteen brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and literally the older kids because mom was retired mm-hmm. by that point. Well, my mom uh, never really worked outside the home, but with fourteen children, she worked cooking meals <laughs> yeah. and cleaning and taking care of the family, and my dad worked outside the home. Yeah. 
a lot and we had uh we owned our farm yeah and so we had several hundred acres and that meant that somebody had to be there to manage the farm and make sure that everything worked because we raised everything that we ate right so work was a big part of it i'm sure education was a big part of it too a big part yeah. for us because my dad uh, didn't know how to write his name until he was 50 years old wow and uh, my mother had an eighth grade education and so yes uh, and and their daughter is a published author right which is pretty <laughs> cool and and james meredith is our cousin what yes okay that's so, mississippi there you go two degrees uh, of separation exactly wow uh-huh. is it so your cousin? it's always yeah james is our cousin okay I, i'm gonna get michelle have you back on we got we got a lot of things <laughs> we're, we're gonna run out of time before we get to, through to everything mm-hmm. you do you know you talk about being a speaker and i do a lot of speaking too i love mm-hmm. it and you're right because when you first get up and do it it's terrifying mm-hmm. but you start feeding off that energy and when the crowd starts getting into it you're thinking this is the coolest and thing especially ever especially when you talk talking about things that you grew up doing. Right. So you know it. You don't have to have a script for that. Right. You can talk to anybody. It's just like having a a, a one-on-one conversation. Just like we're doing right now. Right, exactly. And when you have that in your pocket, then the rest comes easier for you because you know exactly what you're talking about. You've lived it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, One of the things you've lived, of course, is obviously soul food. Oh, yes, absolutely. Why do you call it soul food? Because soul food is what we call it soul food because soul food nourishes our soul, not just giving us fuel for energy and filling our bellies, but uh, we put caring and loving into our food. And when you put caring and loving into food, it's soul food. And that's why we call it soul food. That's what's so amazing about food in general, because, I mean, yeah, okay, you can run and go get some Twinkies at the convenience mart, but when you get everybody around the table... Mm-hmm. There's there's like a one of the secret ingredients is love. Oh yes, uh, as I was saying earlier, when people would leave Mississippi and go to Chicago and places like that, they would come home and really just you know kind of track us down for my mother's sweet potato pie or her collard greens or her chicken and dressing. Those were things that people clung to. When they were going through hard times in other places, those are good memories to have. And when you have that kind of memory of somebody's food tasting that good and everything, the love that's associated with that, then that makes it soul food for you. Not just, you know, throwing around the term, but it actually nourishes the soul. That's that's incredible. What What's your favorite? Yeah, cause you, Sweet potato pie. Yeah, your mom's pie. Do you still make it? Oh, yeah. Do yeah, you? I know exactly how to make that. But growing up uh, in a family of 14, uh, everybody gets has to have a chance to cook or turn to yeah. cook. And I was the biscuit maker in my family for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I learned how to make biscuits. I think you and I are going to be very good friends. Because <laughs> I, I love me some biscuits. They're so uh, great. It, it was so, um, we were up in Chicago last summer. You know, you would see soul food restaurants. And you're mm-hmm. thinking, okay, well, some Mississippi's followed us up here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. During the Great Migration, uh, all we took everything with yeah. us. Uh, so that was the main thing of having soul food. And that's why those places are so Uh, successful in places like Chicago and New York because you can't get soul fruit from Mississippi in other places the way that it is here. So when someone can transport that to another area, they're going to be successful at it because uh, our food doesn't taste like anybody else's in the world. As I was telling you earlier, I've traveled a lot of places with my blues singer husband, Chick Willis, and 
whenever you say you're from Mississippi, they ask you about your history, of course, and they usually know your history pretty well. <laughs> they ask you about your music, and they ask you about your food. And so when you can tell them how to actually make peach cobbler and make it come out and taste in the way that it should, uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, our food is uh, it's a, it's a unique thing. You uh, oh now I'm hungry. <laughs> That's true. Don't ever eat don't ever eat um, greens in California. Oh no 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 no. It's like you might as well eat lawn clippings. Right, it's not exactly. the same. Thank you so much for coming in today. How can folks find more about you? Do you have a Facebook page uh, or, or I, I don't have a Facebook or website? Page or I'm in the process of getting a website. Okay. I just got a grant from the Mississippi Arts Commission to build a website for my writing, and I'll be putting some speaking engagements on there also. Uh, but uh, you can always contact me at 601-213-8907 or uh, Willis 1990 at gmail.com. This was delightful. Can I have you back on the show soon? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Great. Love to continue this conversation. Okay. All right. Dr. Brenda Willis. And coming up next, Katie Eubanks will be joining us briefly till the end of the show. Talk a little bit about Valentine's Day. Oh, God, you can believe it's here already. And, of course, another Storytellers event. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I want to thank Dr. Brenda Wills for joining us. That was great. Seriously, Michelle, we're going to get her back on. Okay, that was just really, really good radio. Hey, you may not know this. If you're a guy, you're probably completely clueless. Um, you have no idea. Valentine's Day is coming up. And you know what? At the end of the day, I don't want anybody sleeping on the couch. Okay, that's just a bad thing. I've been there myself. Also coming up next in the next, I guess, tomorrow is Storytellers, another Storytellers. And here to talk about it is my good friend, Katie Eumanks. Hey, Marshall. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in about, oh, 45 minutes. I know. It's crazy. It is amazing. Um, but yeah, we're super excited. So the theme for our third Mississippi Storytellers event put on by the Clarion Ledger is Romance or not. There's yes. like a little hyphen there. So, you know, it's it's love and love gone wrong and date disasters and wedding disasters and everything in between. And um, we're close to selling out. I think Dustin just texted me the update. We only have 17 tickets left. Wow. So if you wait until tomorrow night and decide to just walk on up, you might be out of luck. So you might want to get online yes. and order. How can people do that? Um, the website is msstorytellers.clarionledger.com. Excellent. But um, yeah, we are doing this four times a year. This is our third one since September, and I've just fallen in love with this whole process. It's been really cool. It we really has been. And I, w I will say this, for, if folks do not know this, I usually am one of the MCs. I'm not going to be there tomorrow. Sorry. Um, uh, I know. I'm a buzzkill. But, but look, Dustin and I are going to do it. And, and y'all are much better anyway. <laughs> but the thing is, I've been in on the coaching. So I've gotten yeah. to hear the stories already, and um, this is going to be a great one. There's just yeah. – and the thing is so fun about these stories because they're not like professional storytellers. Some, right. of them, some of them are a little bit, but mm -hmm. they're so relatable. You hear yeah. the stories and you go, yeah, okay, that's my life right there. So yeah. that's what's so much fun about them. 
Yeah, my favorite thing is just is getting them all together. Like the rehearsal dinner is so much fun, and I just at the end of the night, my favorite thing to do is take their picture because I'm like, I have all my storytellers together. And yeah, they're a diverse group of people from different, maybe different places in the metro area and different age ranges and careers and everything. But like, I don't know, you get them together and they start talking about their stories and they're laughing and having a good time. And it's just, that's what we want this event to be about is bringing the community together to listen and, you know, learn from each other and laugh. I mean, most of the stories are kind of humorous, but there's some serious stuff too. So I don't know. I love it. I think everybody should come. I do too. I think it's one of the most dynamic events and I'm not just saying that because I get to be a part of it, but uh, that I've been to because mm-hmm. what's really cool is when you get all the storytellers together, they make each other's stories better. Yeah. I mean, their feedback amongst each other yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Sometimes brutal, but it, it helps. It's necessary. But you know what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, but everybody takes it really well too. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh yeah, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. And there was some stuff even the other day and we're not going to really get into the weeds about what it was, but there was just like stuff that I think you and I probably didn't see coming, but yeah. a couple of people that are like, no, I don't really think you need to go that direction. Yeah. And it made the story better. It really, really did. And so that's, yeah, I'm so grateful for everybody's input in that way. But yeah, it's Valentine's Day or Wednesday's Valentine's Day. Tomorrow night, you can sort of pregame and, yeah. and come to Storytellers or that can be your Valentine's Day date. I think it could be. I think it could be too. Yeah. You know, do that, get a little dinner, got some food trucks there. Life yes. is good. It's going to be at Lucky Town and we'll have food trucks there at six. We have Hog Heaven Barbecue, which I personally had there. I don't know exactly what they call them, but like their barbecue nachos with cheese and everything. They're really, really good. And then two for seven kitchen. Um, also great food. They were at our last event as well. So those two food trucks will be there at six. Lucky Town will have their bar open with their craft beers available. And then storytelling starts at seven. So it's going to be really cool. You can come eat, hear some stories, um, have a good time. So And I'll be in Oxford. Yeah. Womp, womp. I, I, I do know. love Oxford, though. If you're going to be somewhere else, you might as well be in Oxford. That's just... That's just me, though. Fins up. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, and But I will say this. Try not to eat too many of the nachos because I know you do Paula Cost also. So you do the workout thing I in the do. morning. So I don't I'm, want you getting in trouble. I'm going to have to get up early the next morning. Yeah, and... but you'll, you'll do a great job on that. Valentine's Day, any advice for the poor, lonesome guys out there that have no idea what to get their, their love? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Um, chocolate's always nice for me. Flowers, I feel like you need to d- first determine whether she's a flower person because... Yeah. You know, even if you are a flower person, after so many years of that, maybe you get tired of it and you want something else, just anything else, something different, you know. And if you're not a flower person and you're going to kill it anyway, you might not appreciate these beautiful red roses because you'll feel guilty already. I know the cheap side of me, and I know it's a floor Super Bowl. Huh. But I know it's the floor Super Bowl, yeah. but you know, when you double the price for the flowers, you're like, Ooh. I know, that, that, that gets you. Katie, thanks for coming in tomorrow Thank night. You. Yes, tomorrow night, Lucky Town. Website? MSStorytellers.ClarionLedger.com. Well, I want to thank all my guests today. I want to thank Katie, Dr. Brenda Willis, and of course, Howard for being on as well. I want to thank Michelle for producing. We got through another great show, and we were going to do one again, what, two weeks, next week, something like that. Anyway, happy Valentine's Day and happy Monday, and we will see you all later. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.